For more than a hundred centuries, the Emperor has sat immobile on the golden throne of Earth. The galaxy suffers under a dark and terrible era. Countless worlds stand on the precipice of damnation. It is an eternity of carnage and slaughter where the cries of anguish and sorrow are drowned out by the laughter of thirsting gods, for in the grim darkness of the far future there is only war. And as 3rd and 4th Battalion withdraw, here comes 1st Armored, and now the Rebels are outflanked. <laughs> Sir, it's brilliant! <laughs> A classic pincer movement, just like Hannibal at the Battle of Ganny. And also keep in my Warhammer Guild. and users it is time once again for old nerds drinking i'm john patrick the master control program and sadly we are here on our first remote gig but because it's the morning we're not drinking yeah, i was just gonna say man so this this is our first 100 sober episode i almost made a comment before you hit record about how i wish this had whiskey in it already I, oh, see, I would have brought, but I figured you got to work for the rest of the oh, day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I am joined here with my friend Ian. Hello. Ian, why don't you uh, introduce yourself to the audience? Yes. Uh, so my, my name's Ian. You got that right. There we go. Uh, I am the owner of Golden Rhino Games. Uh, I've been into tabletop hobby miniatures for far, far too long is what it feels like. Um, and uh, recently, as of uh, the year 2020, is uh, uh, I opened up my first business ever here in Ypsilanti, Michigan, which is a tabletop hobby miniature store. I actually dedicate the store and its space to pretty much everything you can think of as tabletop hobby related. Um, so I actually don't do trading card games and things like that. We've got board games and we've got RPGs, but what I like to say is, is if you can build it, paint it, and play a game with it, I'm probably going to carry it. And uh, so, so far, so good. Yeah. Uh, I've met you, uh, let's see, I believe, I was thinking about this last mm -hmm. night, I think it was 2018 okay. at the Michigan GT. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. yep. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, you were, uh, you and the Purge the Alien crew. Yes. <laughs> were the raffle prize for you guys were going to professionally paint an army and yep. I won the raffle prize. That's correct. Yes. So I conned you guys into <laughs> into painting uh like 40 imperial guardsmen, mm -hmm. a bunch of tanks yep. mm -hmm. and a couple of the knights. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and Boy, did you guys do a wonderful job, yeah. and I got a great friend out of it. Yeah. So well, thank you, John. I appreciate it. I will never forget doing 120 dots for eyes on oh, guardsmen. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that is, 
Let me t- let me tell you though, I will actually kind of thank you for that because my eye perfection game is just on point now. Like, oh, I bet. I'm, <laughs> I'm my- like, do you want to do the iris and the pupil? I can show you how to do that. Like, <laughs> I was gonna say because. 20 years of miniature painting, I still, my Mm. eye game is still waffly at best. Okay, so real quick, quick tip for you. If you're painting eyes, whether it's lenses, actual eyes, whatever, do it across the nose. Mm. The model's usually three-dimensional enough that when you do that, you'll actually get the eyeballs or the points of viewing to come in a little bit, and it looks like they're looking at something. Oh, that's actually a great tip. That, that's it. That's the simple thing. If you could do that, even if you make them all wonky like they just saw a mouse or whatever, at least they look like they're looking at the mouse. Yeah, so. there, there you go. Mm-hmm. Man, there, that is a pro tip, everyone. There you go. There you go. That one's free. Everybody gets one. <laughs> everybody gets one. Uh, apparently, everybody gets one. So give us a little bit of severe history, because I know you've been in the in the tabletop game for a long time. Um, yeah, so not as long as you. I'm actually, I'll, I'll, I'll put that one out. No, um, so back in 2005, I'm going to put that with a question mark, because I'm honestly, I don't remember. A good friend of mine, uh, Jake Miller, introduced me and a couple of friends to this cool game called Warhammer. Uh, Warhammer 40,000 to be exact. Uh, you didn't have cards, you didn't build a deck, you actually like built and painted the models and then you wrote like a list and and then you rolled dice to play. It was super weird. I didn't understand it at the time. Um, now I feel like I'm a walking encyclopedia for some of this stuff. But uh, it was it was really unique. It was interesting. And the fact that it had this artistic element to a game, um, was really that that's kind of what drew me together because I was like, wait, I can do this myself and I can like make cool combos and stuff. This is like awesome. Uh, so he gave me my first Eldar, good old fourth edition blue cover Eldar codex with a Farseer and I think like eight guardians because I think that's how they came in a pack or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, I ended up, of course, wrangling all my friends into it. Uh, we got a group going at the Milford High School. So it was like every Thursday night we were in the science lab because that was the only place that had big enough tables, right? Um, and we would play there. When I ended up graduating in 07, I tried to go back to the high school to kind of keep it running. Right. And, and, of course, that doesn't work very well. One, teachers are like, why are you still here? Go home. Yeah. Like, um, number two, without me physically being there, the presence and the, like, talk about it really died off. And I was like, well, I don't want it to die, so I'm just going to take it with me. And all I did was I just moved it up the street to the Highland Township Public Library, where I'm sure you've been. Have you been out there? I, I managed to make it for the very last one you guys did for yes. the swap meet. Because yes. I am drawn like flies to shit to a, to a tabletop <laughs> miniature swap meet. Yeah, man. Um, and, and like with good reason, too. Because yeah. there's so much more that you can see from that. Not to mention you actually get to interact with people. Right. You know, which is a ton of fun. Well, I moved the group there. And talking to Dawn, the librarian, the youth librarian at the time, uh, she set us up so that we could have one of the... Uh, community rooms, one of the small ones where you mm-hmm. can fit like eight people at most. And we got to sit around and every week we would build and paint models on, I think it was a Thursday. I think that was the idea. Um, well, eventually we went from the like six of us to like 20 of us. And I was like, well, like we can kind of like squeeze in here. We'll just get some extra chairs or whatever. So it was cool, but obviously the librarians and the, and the presence there kind of picked up on it that it was a growing group. So they ended up moving us actually to one of the bigger rooms, which was downstairs, which was cool. Um, and so we could have more people there. And then it went from once a week to, I was like, you know what, let's do it once every other week, which ended up actually almost immediately becoming once a month. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, that actually got more people's attention because now all of a sudden, 
sudden you have a month to be like, hey, I want to go to this thing. I'm going to show up to it. Um, so we went very quickly from like a handful of people to like a crowd every month, which was awesome. A couple of years goes by and one of my good friends, Justin, he's like, hey man, when are you going to like run a tournament? You know the game, you do this. I'm like, I don't know. I guess I can. What's the tournament, right? Right. Um, so I ended up doing the first three round effectively RTT for uh, Warhammer 40,000. It was cool. I think we had 14 people sign up. 11 of us actually showed up and played. It was great, right? Um, The handful of people that played there then immediately came to me. The next meeting was like, that was so much fun. What was the name of your tournament? And I'm just sitting there. It's a hobby day. So I'm like, well, I'm, I, I didn't think of it as a name. Like, it's a tournament. What do you it's call like, it? It's like when, you, when you've got to come up with a name for the random NPC that the group talks to. Thank you uh, very much. He, yes. It has a name, and it's a good name. That's right. And so I shit you not. I'm sitting there building a rhino for mm-hmm. Space Marines. Because right. I was like, I'm going to do Dark Angels. Dark Angels are awesome. Um, I don't do Dark Angels, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I pick up the rhino. And I pick up my only paint that I have out, which was, I think, Auric Armor Gold or something at the time. And I was like, it's the Golden Rhino Tournament. And it stuck. Yeah. And and then on top of that, I spent like the next year and a half trying to figure out like, what does a golden rhino look like? So I went from everything from like cars sketches, so a mm-hmm. rhino with big goofy eyeballs and horns, or just all over the place. And then uh, eventually I I did the first, the, well, the first real year, I would say, is the golden rhino tournament. And that was, that wasn't 11 people. That was, I think it was like 16 people and then like 14 showed up. So it was like, perfect. Right. It was cool. Well, then I met Gino um, through a friend of mine, Chris, and he was like, hey, Gino does some really cool art. You should ask him if he could do something. And I was like, sure, why not? Gino, show me what you got, right? And he blows it out of the park. He makes this really super unique looking space marine-like super soldier that is very, well, golden rhinoceros-themed. And I was like, that's not at all what I imagined, but I'm going with it. That looks super cool. And so then I started promoting it. And so our 14-person tournament went to 30. The next year, it went from 30 to 60. Mm -hmm. The next year, it went from 60 to 72, and we were out in the hallway in the library. This is a public library, let me mind you. The roar that was coming from the basement <laughs> is, is against everything that library etiquette goes for. Oh my God. <clears throat> it was it was hilarious and epic and awesome all at the same time. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, the last meeting you were at was the big swap meet. And that was just barely cresting on 10 years I ran that. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, it was one of those things where I had moved away from the area. I had now, I'm out here in Canton, which then became Ypsilanti. I'm working in Ann Arbor. I'm like, I got to do something. And I was at a very good job at the time. Um, mm-hmm. To this day, I will still say one of the best jobs I ever worked for. Oh, yeah. And that was Games Workshop at the Warhammer Ann Arbor store. Um, I ran there for four years, and I realized I should really just be doing this myself. Right. And so I spent about a good two years contemplating on what am I going to do and what am I going to call it. And my wife will always bring this up of, hey, um, so can you not ask me what the name of your store is going to be today? Because <laughs> I would badger her. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got you got to shop yeah. the answer. You got to. Sh- right. I went from everything from Tree Fitty Games because that was a terrible joke against me, <laughs> which if anybody out there knows the joke of Tree Fitty, good, good for you. Please don't bring it up to me. <laughs> it's like a trigger. And Amanda bent down and said... I need about tree fitter. But in the end, she finally just kind of got, I'll be honest, she got angry with me. And she's like, why don't you just call it the golden rhino? That's what everyone knows you for. Just do that. And I was like, oh. 
That makes so much sense. Yeah, and then I'm so I'm telling one of my friends, Mike, and he's like, "Well, the Golden Rhino kind of sounds like a Chinese restaurant," and I was like, "Okay, Golden Rhino Games. Okay, yeah. there it is. There it is." And so that was it. That was like the birth of it, right? Uh, and then you know, fast forward a year and a half, and I'm leaving Warhammer Ann Arbor. I am telling everybody that I'm going to go do this thing that isn't this because I I can't and and all this. And then we do the Celestial Hammer tournament, which is an Age of Sigmar variation on the Golden Rhino tournament. Mm-hmm. So 40k Age of Sigmar, um, and I make the big announcement there. And of course, it was super super awesome. I, I will say, <laughs> yeah, I will say uh, on the conventions of naming. Uh, my buddy and I had a before we got the podcast going. Yeah, yeah. We, we had a long, like three week long conversation about what we're going to call the podcast. Mm-hmm. And we're searching for names because we're looking online. We don't want to go through stuff. Mm-hmm. But the two rules I've discovered when you're going to name something, it has to be a catchy name. Yeah, but it also has to be a good good acronym. You oh get, yeah, yeah. So, yeah that's so a good point. GRG. Uh, mm-hmm. Ours is old nerds drinking, so it's O N D. It's got to be a quick flow off acronym. And boy, does it! Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's something nowadays that everybody kind of just defaults. And to. you know what's funny is, is that was never even remotely on my list. Right, it just landed that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, I get G R G, or as C K likes to put it, Gerg. Gerg. Arg. Gerg. Stop doing that. <laughs> Stop shorting the short answer. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yes. But uh, yeah, uh, right shortly after the Celestial Hammer, um, we found out that there's this thing called COVID. So let me tell you, when I when I found out that um, I wasn't going to be able to open the store when I thought I was, and I was also not going to have a job the entire time, mm-hmm. I slightly panicked. I remember the announcement was, uh, the swap meet was in January of 2020. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. That... Kind of March. March, yeah. Because uh, March again, 14th was the Celestial Hammer. And March 28th, we found out that it was going to be a real thing. March 14th was the last day I worked at my job. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've been on furlough <sighs> since March 14th. Yeah. Isn't that nuts? I, I mean, I know that's probably a dark time, but... You know, so... It is and it isn't because in in the end I put way too much work on my own shoulders mm-hmm. and I I know that COVID and what everything went through for 2020 was really bad for almost everybody but I will you know knock on proverbial wood here and say that it actually gave me the time I needed mm-hmm. it forced me at home for almost a solid 6 months in which I got to literally learn how to woodwork for the first time to then build the six to eight tables that I have. I, I remember because you were doing mail order and Correct. I came to pick up an order from you and yeah. you, you and Jonathan were in your garage building tables. Yeah, yeah. So it was a, and that's another part too. Thankfully for whatever weird loophole reason, you know, thank the corporate America stance on it. But Games Workshop actually said, hey, you can't get into your location because of this. So we're going to make it an exception. And they opened the account with me. So I was able to order stuff, which looking at it now was extremely fortunate for both me as a new up and coming business. Cause now I didn't have, you know, costs of rent and electricity and whatever over my head. So I was basically able to take what little money I had and duplicate it every two months. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I didn't have to do anything. I wasn't paying myself. Luckily my wife works at the, the Ypsilanti library here. So she had a stable income and was very, um, <laughs> I guess on the edge of able to support us both. Um, it was it was a weird, fortunate uh, series of events, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the end, uh, in that whole time, I was able to be like, oh, well, this doesn't work. What do I do? Well, I've got time to think about it. <laughs> there was 
uh, I think two weeks that I actually just stayed at home and took a staycation effectively during all that. The rest of it, I got up every day at 6.30 and I worked till every bit of 8 o'clock at night. So I would do the mail order thing where people would pick up from literally my house off of the lamppost. So that was the fun, you know, oh my God, he must be selling drugs moment. Right. Because there's just always every day there were bags and bags and bags, these black bags hanging from our lamppost and people, random ass cars picking up stuff right? Yes, yes. I did sell plastic crack out of my house. It, there are moments in my hobby life where I look at my shelf of shame and I look at my display cases and I think maybe, just maybe, cocaine would have been cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually don't know the answer to that. And I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're just sitting there looking, looking at your little empire of little men and mm. you're like, you know, Mm-hmm. Maybe the drugs would have been cheaper. Yep. Well, no. Well, I'm. I'm. I don't know. I enjoy this hobby too much to even want to oh. contemplate that. But yeah, I, yeah, I'm to a point now where I, if I put paint on something, I mm. won't sell it. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's the 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 FOMO fear of missing out yes. once you sell something. Oh my god, that happens all the time. Uh, the last the last thing I painted that I sold was. An orc army I converted for the Adepticon friendly. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I did them as pirate orcs. And you sold this. And I sold this. I'm gonna kick you in the shins. Oh like, like uh, I took I took the steampunk dwarves from Age of Sigmar. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I put their ships on like truck chassis. Oh my god. Yeah. I took a uh um, the orc flyer, the bl- or the, yeah, the, uh, the uh, fight, the fight of Brahma, yeah, or whatever, yeah, 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 yeah. and put the uh, uh, the the balloons from the top of them, oh, yeah. onto that, so it looks like it was the Red Baron orc. Oh my gosh! Yeah, every every day I, I kick myself a little bit. That's like, why did I sell that? Yeah, why did it looked so cool? Even if I never played it, mm-hmm. why did I sell that? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm in the same boat now. I don't do that anymore. But what a time, what a time frame. And all in all, thanks to everybody in the community. So anybody that's listening to this that actually does know me and does know Golden Rhino Games, thank you. Your support helped me open this store and helped me keep it the way that it is. Um, and I can only hope to grow it from there. So Well, and, and that's a thing to bring up mm-hmm. is you managed to beat the curve Yeah, um, yeah. in a time where a lot of game stores especially mm-hmm. were hit hard oh, because yeah. this is something that is very community driven. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, 100%. Yeah. And even though you don't go into the collectible card market, mm-hmm. but the ones that did, yeah. I mean, that's a huge percent of their business is I know the collectible is. card. Yeah. Yeah. And boy, is that irony for you? Because I told myself, I'm like, I'm not going to put my backbone as Magic the Gathering or cards. Like, I can't, I don't know it, number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, I don't feel like I have the time if I want to do my dedication to tabletop miniatures the way I want to, right? You managed to make the the model of the game store successful. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'll tell you, it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. Because it is still an uphill battle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, um, mm-hmm. but also... 
Uh, you were able this year to do the Celestial Rhino or the... <laughs> nice hybrid. We actually did both. Okay. So I did uh, the Golden Rhino. I didn't do the team event that I wanted to. And the Celestial Hammer, I didn't do the team event that I wanted to. Because I, it doesn't feel safe to have four people crowded around a table still. Right. Um, but what we did was is we did them as just championship style tournaments. So it was, you know, 1v1s, 2,000 points, spread out all the tables. And it was 30 people per event, which is actually the lowest cap out I've had um but i broke it up over three days so mm-hmm. it was three rtts effectively right yeah and that was i believe the first gaming event in michigan since last year i as far as i'm aware yeah i, I <clears throat> think acropolis games did something but I, I honestly don't know i don't recall if they did anything mm-hmm. um and so now we're starting to see the national tournament seem open yeah. back up mm-hmm. so are you I would say optimistic that we're going to get back to something closer to. Yeah, I am actually. Um, both uh, from a kind of looking into the future in my magic eight ball um, <laughs> feeling, as well as simply seeing the interactions between our community members. I, I really stretch it that way because everybody that comes into my store, at least, that is part of the community and my community is very conscientious of wearing masks, washing hands, keeping your distance when possible, all that stuff. And in doing so, even right now, um, where Michigan is at one of its highest numbers, we are doing the extra steps like sanitizing the tables and the terrain when they're done, including the mats. We put them away. We have HIPAA filters running throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Um all that stuff, not to mention hand sanitizer freaking everywhere. Um, but it makes me feel like if we can do this now, we can do it tomorrow. We can do it for a big event. And so one of the things that I'm planning for right now is actually the store's one-year anniversary. There's there's a crazy thought. Oh, yeah. Um, but in August, I'm looking to rent out one, if not both, locations next door to the store to use those as tournament halls for an entire weekend. Uh, so we'll have multiple events throughout it, both obviously Warhammer. 40,000 and Age of Sigmar, which is what has been the most popular and helped keep the store alive. But I also have a really cool uh, RPG LARP that I'll be doing after hours um, and a ton of skirmish games. I've had uh, literally, I think about 12 people come up to me and say they want to do this. And I said, if you will do it, I will let you run it. Right. <laughs> you know? And and so there's a lot. Everything from Nathaniel doing Oathmark. Um, Sean wants to do Necromunda. Oh, God, uh, I love me some Necromunda. Right? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, at this point, I'm missing one for Aeronautica and one for Titanic. Titanicus and almost everything's covered. Oh, I can get you Titanicus people. Good, good. That's what I want to hear. So, um, but I'm also thinking outside the GW world too. Right. There's so much more. But. Well, well, that's something to hit on mm-hmm. is um, completely agnostic of COVID mm-hmm. in the last, especially two years, but it's been a movement, I would say since X-Wing hit the scene Yeah. Mm-hmm. of we're now seeing a diversity in the gaming industry. Yeah, for sure. I totally um, agree with that. Like, to date myself, my uh, you shared your first Warhammer story. Yeah. Uh, my first Warhammer story is way back in 1996. Nice. <laughs> or, or or as the the young kids say, the turn of the millennium. Oh my God! No, they don't. Do they really? The late 1900s. I have heard that. Yeah. Oh, that's dumb. I went to a local tournament or a local convention, mm-hmm. uh, WinterCon. They used to run at the Bandshell in Allen Park. Mm-hmm. And it was a primarily miniature war gaming, but they were doing 40K demos. Oh, cool. And it was, at that time, I was pretty much only doing role-playing games. Actually, that was 
pretty close to when I started really getting into role-playing games. Hmm. Um, the extent of my miniature was playing Battletech. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, that's today. Oh. Yeah, yeah right at noon. Yeah. Okay. Continue, continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but I went to that convention, and they were they had uh, set up to run demo games of Warhammer 40K, and my friends and I sat up there most of the day just taking turns playing the second edition box set of Plastic Space Marines versus Orcs. Nice, nice. And went out when it was done, hit all the local hobby shops we knew of trying to find one that was open so we could buy the starter box and play. Nice, nice. Um, but... Back then, pretty much the only thing you would find was Warhammer mm-hmm. or the old guys playing the uh, historical war. I was going to say, yeah. So a personal thing mm-hmm. that a lot of people I've talked to in the hobby industry um, over the time of COVID kind of got a little bit of burnout. <sighs> yeah. So what was your kind other outside of the store? Mm-hmm. What was your kind of personal hobby experience during the time of COVID? Um, I mean, honestly, I will say my my hobby was woodworking. It was <laughs> it was learning to like do. So I would I would still probably I don't know once a day maybe if I was lucky. Um, I would at least take a break and I would paint some models. I was working mm-hmm. a lot on my Beast of Chaos at the time. Um, I wasn't worried about list making or <laughs> playing games or anything like that. So You know what? Let, let me stop mm-hmm. you right there. Yeah. That, that is something that is something to talk about is mm-hmm. people who play competitively always have their lists. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they always have like the, uh, the bleeding edge of what's the best things yeah. to play. Mm-hmm. But... What's your passion list? Like, what? What are? Did this oh. give you a chance to work or work yeah. on things that you would never put in a list, but were models you always wanted to paint? Yes. Oh. So I did something stupid. I like the stupid, goofy lists. I'll mm-hmm. be honest. So I like to play to a degree competitively. Like, right. if I know that there's a thing, I can test my skill and try out, and I'll be like, okay. So what is number one? I play my armies. I don't play a, a very well performing army. I think is the best right. way to put it. I just try to tool it to make it work as best it is. Paid Chaos Space Marines for almost a decade now. I'm now mostly doing Beasts of Chaos and just recently switched over to OCR Bone Reapers, but that's actually because it's a painting project, not because it's a gaming project. Um, But one of the things is that there's a really cool community for Beasts of Chaos because, believe it or not, Beasts of Chaos absolutely suck. (laughs) (laughs) We are like the bottom of the bottom tier. And it's it's comical to a degree, and so because of that, the community's really good in that. Um, but one of the things that people were always talking about was there are certain units that you just don't take, and it's because it's very obvious. Like the uh, the Razor Gore, I think that's what it's called. Um, it, it's 60 points of don't take it. You're literally better off taking a command point. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, it's one of those things. But one of the things that has always been on the fence was the Beast Gore Chariot. Uh, the, the I forget the exact name of it. And the model for it is far from good. <laughs> um, it's really atrocious. Right. I joke and I call it my gerbil cart because it looks like two gerbils pulling a hamster. Like, it's it's two goats sitting on the back of, of what could be toothpicks, I think would have been a cheaper model. Um, and then just really, really ugly animals. I didn't like it, so I wanted to convert things. I love converting, yes. so I, chaos is perfect for that. Um, so I was looking for the 
the old fantasy orc. The, not, I think it was Savage Orcs. It was the hybrid of the two. There was an orc chariot, though, mm-hmm. that had the two pigs pulling it. And that would have been, like, really good for it. I thought that would have been perfect. And I just couldn't find it. So what I ended up doing was I took an iron blaster from Ogre Maw Tribes. Mm-hmm. And I used that as the thing. Because, I mean, Beasts of Chaos are chaos. They're destruction. They are 110% destruction. They should be in destruction. They're destruction. <laughs> they don't play like a chaos army at all. Right. So anything that has the destruction aesthetic works great. So I took that cannon, I removed the gun and the guy, and I just put on a best of gore, which you get a gajillion of them because you buy like 12 star collecting boxes. Right. And then I bought a box of gores. So I built eight sheriffs. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can have four in a squad. Right. Yeah. And so, and the thing is, is that they have a natural ability to reroll failed charges. That's that's a, actually a good good rule. Yeah, so when you have uh, a shaman behind them, they add three inches to their move, so they move 14, 15, 16, 17 inches, and then can re-roll a failed charge. I was yeah, like... That's, that's nice. Yeah, the thing is, is that there's six wounds of a four-up save, which is decent, and do nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> like, they can't hit worth a damn, nothing like that. But the other thing is, is that you can summon them for, like, three primordial call points. You only get one, but you come off the table more than nine inches away. Well, a nine re-rolling is pretty good. I'll tell you right now, I failed all charges. Um, <laughs> but that was like, okay, I have the time. I'm going to do this. So I just was like, every time I placed an order for the store, I added an extra iron blaster on. I'm going to build and paint this iron blaster and do that again. And so right now, I currently have four that, of course, I got tired of, and now they're right. half-assed. But uh, they're there, and I'm ready to go back to them because it's going to be a ton of fun. So yeah, and they look good. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say it, it's I I am a person who is a diehard converter. Mm-hmm. I collect bits like a dragon hoards gold. Nice, nice. You um, and me both. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I, I will tell you and your listeners first. I'm actually actively in the process of creating bits bins for the store. Ooh, yes, organized too. Yeah. <laughs> I curse and love GW at the same time. Oh, yeah. Talk about a love-hate relationship. Oh, oh, it is 100% an abusive relationship. I'll get back to that. Yeah. (laughs) Because they make some of the most beautiful models in the business. Mm -hmm. And then we'll give them garbage rules. Oh, I know. So you're never going to play them, but you really, really, really want to paint them. So as a uh, Chaos Space Marine player who plays Emperor's Children and pretty much anything Slanesh, because hashtag at the time it was really cool, because I was, you know, the only person doing it. Right. To then play Beast of Chaos and to have a Blood Fiend Slangor come out, and I haven't bought any of them. Oh. Which I actually, that I should probably kick myself in the shins because I still just want to build three and paint them. But they are so bad. Oh, my God. Seriously, two extra attacks on all their profiles and give them all the stupid sword and they'll be okay. Mm-hmm. But, um, no. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I, I I am sadly a lifelong Imperium player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took the opportunity with Age of Sigmar to finally dip my toes in the Chaos Bowl. Mm-hmm. And started my uh, demons of corn army. Ooh, nice! Because nice. you know, if you're gonna go for the, if you're gonna give your loyalty to the chaos gods, mm-hmm. give it to the one that sits on the throne of skulls. That's right. That's right. Um, and yeah, it, it, I, it, the demon models are so good. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And those only got revamped in 5th edition for 40K. Oh, yeah. So those were, I mean, not super recent with their newest machines like we're seeing for all the um, Lumineth and stuff, mm-hmm. but still really damn good. Well, but, and, and the, mm-hmm. the industrial process of making models has yeah. improved. Oh, a lot, yeah. And with the advent of CAD designing, mm-hmm. like the way they're making stuff now is is extremely more efficient more efficient <laughs> like like to every inch in detail to the well at the time the turnaround time on that stuff because i mean there were a couple of times we saw a product come out and we're like yeah this is an awesome new product back in 2010 with a timestamp of printed in 2007 it's like oh my god yeah you know um but the just the quality of what they're putting out and the like, how they're hiding mold lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're sneaking them into. Yeah, yes. make molding the molding the uh, models around them. Mm-hmm. Um, but talk about one of the things in the industry right now is GW's having a lot of problems with delivery. Yeah. So you want to talk about a abusive relationship? So, um, <laughs> I'll, so I'll, I'll softball that one into you. Yeah. Yeah. Really. As I, I was going to say on a, a side note. So as a independent store, there is surprise, surprise, a Facebook page for independent stores to talk and ask questions about GW, which is actually really nice. Um, because it's basically instant and direct community feedback because maybe somebody asks a question that you didn't even think to ask, right? which you get to see. Well, recently they've, I think, either turned off people being able to post or whatnot because the delivery turnaround is so bad. And mind you, I can give you guys a little bit of a, a kind of a key into why that is. But my point being, somebody posted in that saying having a independent account or a, what they call the stockist account with Games Workshop is having an abusive relationship and paying for it. And it <laughs> lasted like a solid hour before it got turned off. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. And, and it's unfortunately like painful and slightly true, but to a degree of which they can't control. Yeah. Um, and I've been in an abusive relationship with GW since tw- since uh, 1996. Yeah, yeah. But uh, this is kind of a situation beyond their control. Uh, this yeah. is um, their production mm-hmm. is like everybody else. A lot of it's done in China. Yeah. Oh, not anymore. Oh. Not, almost actually, if I remember correctly, none of it is done in China unless it's a book. Um, but no, they, they stopped that actually. Do you remember the big, uh, castle that came out? The Dreadfort castle? I think I got oh, one down yeah, there. Yeah. So that was the tail end of it. That was the nun. That's why you can't get a hold of the Balewind Vortex anymore, mm-hmm. even though it's an endless spell that's uh, current in the game. That was their China branch. So that you can't get that now, which okay. is super dumb. So I, I know they had been talking for a while mm-hmm. about building a larger production facility in England. Oh my God. Okay. So this, this did happen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, this would have been, man, you're, you're actually... I guess, fortunate that I was around for that. So in 2019, they finally had enough funds that they built, I believe it was either two or four. I think it was four additional machines that they process on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those machines are the ones that pump out plastic kits and they can do about 150 sprues a minute. Oh, wow. So they're fast. They're very, very fast, um, which is awesome because it increases production. Because what they do is, is that they, they have to calibrate every machine. They have to run the machine for a month, and then they can start production on it. When they do production on it, they run it for X number of hours for a single sprue, mm-hmm. right? And then it gets distributed, manufactured, blah, 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 blah. Um, so they went from four machines as of 2000 and Age of Sigmar first came out. I don't know because I'm yeah, not a fancy yeah, I- player. Sorry. Um <laughs> 
and then recently ended up with four more. And the plan, from what I had ascertained from from sources from when I went to different workshops and stuff, uh, they were actually going to then do either two more or take two of the the four that they had just made and actually ship them to the United States. Oh, wow. So if you remember this, would have been not last year, it would have been the year before. Sorry, 2020 is just a blank yeah, 2019, yeah. 2019, they actually did a huge revamp on the Memphis warehouse. I do remember that. So they never told us why. So my assumption was one of two things. Either A, they're actually going to start production of forge-ruled models down there so they can distribute it. Or B, and the more likely, they were going to ship two of those machines down there so that they can just make and manufacture in the United States and distribute out and make and manufacture in the United Kingdom and distribute out for the rest of the world. Right. They opted not to continue with that during 2020 because they thought that they could make enough money with the shareholders that they could then reinvest so that in 2021 they'd be able to do that. Talk talk about kicking themselves in the shins now. Yeah. Well, so, and and there's there's a big thing that actually triggered into this. So what I will say is is that had they gotten those machines up and running in Memphis, like Mm -hmm. I assume, um, I think they would have been even leaps and bounds ahead of what they're at right now. Right. But what happened was is they decided not to do that and to just kind of lay on their backbone and do what they do best. Which, okay, as a safe investment, that makes sense. Um, But what happened was, is we went into this global pandemic. So not just here in the United States, not just in the United Kingdom, but literally everywhere in the world, everyone at the same time went, oh, I have time for that hobby I always wanted to do. (laughs) Yeah. When I was selling out of my house, I was communicating with a guy in northern Africa Mm -hmm. trying to get him seraphon models because he couldn't get them in his local area oh, that's insane that's how extreme we're talking about and, and it's an effect that wasn't just hobby it was everywhere Every, yeah like um i was talking to uh, one of my uncles and he's bemoaning the fact that the price of plywood i was just gonna say yes is like four times what it used to be before covid yeah when i was in when i was working on all the tables i was in a like a workshop community thing right. and one of the guys literally last week talked about how he, he sold his bentley to get two sheets of plywood <laughs> like obviously joking right. but like holy shit <laughs> yeah oh my god actually i think i saw on a facebook uh, marketplace somebody oh had my like, god i'm not surprised like one sheet of plywood will accept no less than a hundred thousand dollars and somebody, the first response is, I think you're short selling yourself, yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. My, oh. my uncle, so he's an he's an old contractor. He actually is the one that came in and helped me properly mount my rack, my mat oh, rack yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, with, with, with my absolute favorite, drunken octopus fighting. Thank you. Yes. I'm so glad that you pick up on that. Uh, yes. Yeah. Drunken octopus wants to fight. Yep. Um, and he helped me mount that, and he just... Every time we were walking in Home Depot, he's like, look at the price of that. And I was like, it's 20 bucks, like whatever. He's like, that used to be six. It used to be six dollars. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Small world, I guess. Well, and, and it is because mm-hmm. this, this when you alluded to when you said, like, this was a global pandemic, it mm-hmm. was we as a world stopped for like the first two months of COVID. Yeah. And that was that was a weird feeling. Yeah. Like yeah. with a few exceptions, everybody was just stuck at home. But we were talking about uh kind of the how we all got through the pandemic. Yeah. Um but one thing I want to ask you, because mm-hmm. we were talking about our own projects. Okay. Uh, like mm-hmm. every 
every war gamer I know has their ride or die army. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. like like there. It doesn't matter how terrible the rules yep, are. You got it. Mm-hmm. it. It doesn't matter anything else. Mm-hmm. It's like that is their army because that's the one they fell in love with. Yeah. yeah. So what is? Tell us the story of your ride or die army. So okay, so it actually starts with Eldar, but mm-hmm. ends with chaos. Which, if that's not a lore story waiting to happen, right? <laughs> for, for for the for the non Warhammer people in the audience, trust right. me, it's a thing. Yeah, right. Um, so my friend Jake Miller, who got me into the game, he gave me my first Eldar models. Well, in high school, he got hit by a car and died. Oh, which is like. It is what it is. It was super unfortunate. Um, and kind of ever since then, I've always held on to that Eldar army. Because I was like, I built it up. That was my first army kind of a thing. Um, I'll, I'll tell you now, I don't enjoy playing that army, so I don't. But I'll always have it kind of a thing. Right. What ended up happening, though, is that I was playing it. And at the time, I was working for Renaissance as one of their sales associates or whatnot. Um, so there was a long period of time where I would sit there and just do cold calls. And, hey, do you want to buy this? Hey, you know. Tons of fun, right? Right. Um, good paying job. It was fine to work with the people that I worked with. My boss was amazing at the time, um, and the, the upper management was absolute dog shit. <laughs> I, I can super relate to that yeah. right now. Um, well, so what I ended up doing was I discovered this thing called uh, PayPal, and you can go onto eBay and buy used models. Fucking rabbit hole from hell. Um, it, it should be noted my PayPal account yeah. is so old, it goes to an AOL email address Hot. that I only use because it's attached oh. to my PayPal account. Right, yeah. No, it's just, I mean, mine's a Yahoo, but same, same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so I ended up, I was on there one day and somebody was getting ready of a Chaos Space Marine Army and this was right after 6th edition when they came out with all the Dinobots. Mm-hmm. So it was the Forge Fiend, Mauler Fiend, Heldrake, all that. And the guy was selling it. It was like some Chaos Space Marines, but it was it had those three in it. Right. And I was like, Mm, pull the trigger. Yep. Okay. So I bought it. Um, it wasn't painted terribly. It just wasn't painted. Right. Right. So I ended up stripping it. And what I would do is while I was doing my cold calls, I would work on that army. Yeah. And cause my, my boss is in the next room reading a book. I can paint models cause I'm, I'm doing the job, so to speak. Right? right. And it was totally cool. It was a great situation. Um, and then I would go home and I would paint my Eldar. And my roommate and all my friends never knew it. Oh. And one day we decided to have a round of beer hammer and we were going to do a four, you know, four on four or a two on two fight. And uh, so we let those guys go first. And even my teammate at the time, my buddy Stefan, who's my roommate, mind you, doesn't know <laughs> that well, I have this Chaos Space Marine Army. And so we go to deploy, and I put a Mauler Fiend on the table. And they're like, what the fuck? What is it? And I put another Forge Fiend on the table. They're like, wait, what the hell? And then I put out an entire thousand point, no problem, fully painted army, right? And they all look at me. They go, time the fuck out. What'd you do? Just buy this off eBay. <laughs> and I, at first, I was like, no, I painted this. And then I was like, well, actually, I did buy it off eBay. But I, I stripped, still painted I, it. I stripped and painted it, thank you. Yeah. And so ever since then, it has been my ride and die army. How do I make it work? What is, right? And Chaos Space Marines, man, even now they're in a rough spot. Right. But I love them. And and I like doing the original army, right? right. Don't, like, if you want to paint uh, Ultramarines, cool, that's on you. Uh, enjoy your hobby the way you want to, right? We, we, we have one of those people in our 30K group. What about Zach? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, you know it. 
Oh, Zach, we love you because yes. you're the butt of all of our ultramarine jokes. <laughs> but uh, what I like to do is I like to create an original one. Right. And so um, at first I was doing like a uh, Alpha Legion successor, and it was it was kind of like Sons of Horus colors right. from Pre-Heresy, um, which that was redundant now that I've said that. Um, and then <laughs> uh, I decided that I, for whatever reason, really liked the color combo purple and gold. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, that's really cool. And I found Ember's Children oh, were yeah. pre-heresy that. So I started painting my 40K army in 30K colors. Right. Um, and then I actually realized that I liked the Emperor's Children rules, the way they play. They are very fast and aggressive. They mm-hmm. play very in and out of combat, which is fun. Um so it was kind of the weakness of chaos at the time. And then, of course, they came out with some more books, and now they're really good. But I ended up calling them my Phoenician lords. Right. And so that's the army that I have now amassed and collected. And I have everything from Nurgle and Corn units that are painted in this color scheme. So that now when I play, sometimes I'll play as, like, Red Corsair's rules. But it's still my Phoenician lords. Right. And so I can bounce back and forth through whatever rule set that I want to play as. Which, which I was going to say, the Imperial players have been doing for years. Yeah. It's like, oh... And, like, these are my personally painted colors, yes. but I'm playing them as ultramarines. Exactly, exactly. So, and I have had so much fun winning and losing and losing and losing mm-hmm. and then kind of winning and then losing <laughs> with that army. But that is, hands down, my ride or die. No pun intended, because I run 12 bikes army. Right. <laughs> um, my two ride or die armies are, um, when I... When I first started in second edition, mm-hmm. I wanted to play Space Marines because everybody wants to play Space Marines. Right. Um, and I loved the Space Wolves. Oh, I, hell yeah. I, I love Space Vikings. Mm-hmm. Um, they, like, in third edition, their rules were insane. Yeah. Um, oh, I do remember that. Yeah. Because yep. they were, like, the the super close combat Space Wolf or Space Marines. I yeah. love the fact that they had a rule that... Um, the Space Wolves believe that a bolter has a pistol grip, so therefore should be able to be used as a pistol. So they counted having a bolter as having a close combat weapon, so they got the extra attack for having a bolter and a close combat. That is baller. Oh, yeah. That is that so good. Like, Where is that now? Come on. Oh, I know. No. Oh, man. But I kind of fell out of love with them mm-hmm. when they started getting a little too cartoony. Wolf, wolf, McWolf, wolf. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The the, yeah. the Santa Claus on the floating sled being pulled by wolves. Yes. The two ton space marines riding on the back of giant wolves. Yeah. Um, Which, by the way, those models are super cool. They look cool, but they're but just I, yeah, ridiculous. I totally get where you're coming from, yeah. Um. So I, my other ride or die, ar- and we'll get back to Space Wolves, my okay. other ride or die army for 40K mm-hmm. was Guard. Yeah, okay. Because there is just, first, I remember, I still have mm-hmm. my first printing, first release of the Gaunt's Ghost books. Mm-hmm. Um, and just reading those and falling in love with, there's these guys that are normal guys. Yes. And they've just got to go out there and deal with the stuff that normally space marines deal with because yeah. sometimes there's not a space marine for sure, and that actually that is what got me into Black Library books. Oh, those yeah. first couple oh, of the books. Ghost, yeah, yeah. Um, which they're out, they're starting to redo the original books in audio books. I thought so. Yeah, I and saw one pop across. I was like, wait, what about Audible? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I I will freely admit. The reason I have an Audible subscription is pretty much just to like burn through Black Library yeah. books. Yeah, because um, especially the Horus Heresy books mm-hmm. are just so dense sometimes. Oh, yeah, they are. 
it, it is way easier to listen to them than mm-hmm. it is to read them. Right. Yeah. Um, so, but I love, like, I'm, I remember in second or third edition playing Necromunda and wanting to, th- wondering, you know, I've got all these Necromunda miniatures. Why can't I use these as a space, as a, like a guard army? For sure, yeah. And I started collecting, and I started getting mm-hmm. getting all the stuff together, and I was going to run a Necromunda Penal Legion. Yeah, there you go. And have all my gangers mm-hmm. as the regular guys, nice, and nice. then have uh, the the Adeptus Arbitus were mm-hmm. going to be my stormtroopers. Yep. And I was going to have tanks with all kinds of graffiti on them. Nice. And then what happened is... After third edition, guard infantry sucked. Yeah. And nobody ran guard infantry until eighth edition. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that would have been fifth edition when the Apocalypse box sets were coming out, and you could buy literally, was it six Lehman Rust like tanks? In one box. In one box for like a hundred bucks. Yeah. It was like so so my guard kind of languished on the back burner till 8th mm-hmm. edition mm-hmm. and then 8th edition was like oh man I can this finally works yes. and yeah. not only did it work it was the tournament winning list for a while was yeah. just and even when they moved away from guard, they still brought them. Oh, that, cool. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, which, by the way, I will personally say the Imperial Knight Guard and Blood Angels. The Blood Angels part, maybe not so much, but that army in general was the most thematic tournament-winning list I think I've ever seen. Oh yeah, that mm-hmm. was so freaking cool as a snapshot in a battle. Yeah, and and I'm a little sad that in Ninth Edition they've gone away from the combined arms list. I am too. I really hope that when the guard codex comes out, mm-hmm. they get some kind of special rule that allows them to combine. Break that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's like you, if your main guard detachment is a like battalion or brigade, yes. mm-hmm. you can add like a spearhead or detachment of something else, yeah. not a supreme command. Right. Yeah. Well, they fix that too. Yeah. I'm actually glad that, that we don't have the Avengers team that's all oh, the works. Aven- the Avengers team. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then. When I I have friends who are big in the Horus Heresy mm-hmm. uh, games, and when they finally came out with uh, Space Wolf rules for Horus Heresy, mm-hmm. like, okay, this is the Space Wolves I remember. Right. And that's what got me into Heresy. Yep, yep, yeah. For me, that was the tail end of 7th edition 40K, and I was like, yeah, I'm done playing against these... In uninteractive units, mm-hmm. whether it was the Bark Bark Star, because that was a thing, um, Triptides, because that was a thing, oh. or the the Eldar with the hounds and the crazy invulnerable or whatever. That that's when I moved over to Horus Heresy too. Actually, yeah. Um, so, and I have to say. I've had more enjoyable game experiences in the couple of years I've been mm-hmm. in the 30K community. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, two parts, and I will agree with you on that, is number one, it is our version of historical miniatures. <laughs> I, I, right? I've made that I've made that uh, comparison mm-hmm. quite a lot. So a lot of the guys really want to stick to that as best as possible. And number two, it's almost self-balanced because there's only one detachment or two to choose from and they're like armies that fight each other yeah it's so there's space marines versus space marines yes and i think the only other options are uh the weird mechanicus mechanicus um aren't the imperial army Mm -hmm. and custodes yeah Mm -hmm. and i i fell into custodes 
Not because I thought they were overpowerful, because my 2,000-point army is 18 models. (laughs) All right. I have gotten more hate for people realizing that, wait a minute, you only need to bring one box to hold your entire army where they're carting in two of those battle foam Mm -hmm. like carry-on bags. Yep. Yeah, that, that that got a lot of people looking at like, oh, maybe I should start playing custodes. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. One of the big the big trends we've seen mm-hmm. um, over again over the last year or so is three D printing. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. So what are what's your hot take on how three D printing is affecting the hobby? So um, it's both positive and negative. Um, so negative. Let me start off with that first. Is when people show up with an entirely three D printed army, um, and you're just here to play games, the the store won't be here to support Ex- you. Yeah. Um, I haven't had it too much. There's been a couple of them that I'm like, come on, dude. Like, that that kit's literally on the shelf. You could have bought that and supported the store that you like to play at. Right. Um, but on a positive note, the originality behind units, the extra bits that are added on, um, as a addition to the hobby, and I think that's the way it should be thought of, Right. it is impressive. Um I'm actually hoping to, in the near future, get a couple of 3D printers for the store and have a 3D printing service so that if you have the STL, you can come in and basically use our machines and our resin for a service fee and print what you want. Oh, yeah. Um, I've seen some really cool stuff. The most recent one is, is and I'm, I... Oh, God damn this hobby. I'm so tempted to do this. Somebody took Carajon Overlords, which are the steampunky yep, dwarves, yep. and replaced their heads and the cowls that go around them mm-hmm. with Martian aliens. I, oh, God, I have seen those. I, I was like, that is the coolest fucking thing. That could be in any game you wanted it to be, but to have that show up just... <laughs> I, I, will, I will say... Um, when I got my uh, Uncle Joe Fun Bucks, okay, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, earlier this year, I finally took the took the plunge and bought a printer. Nice, yes. And I have spent almost as much as I spent on the printer on STL files oh. in the two months that I've had the printer. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I've got one. I've got a any cubic photon. I think is what it I is. I have the uh, photon mono, okay. the small one. Okay, I'm not sure which one mine is. I got it secondhand from one of the community mm-hmm. members here. He was getting a bigger one and didn't want it anymore. So I was yeah. like, sure, I'll try this out. Um, uh, yeah. And it's it, it's it saddens me how easy it is to find mm-hmm. STLs that are just here is this GW model yeah. and oh and like a hundred percent like no defects on some of oh these oh my god yeah especially the resin ones um, mm-hmm. I in my thirty k community mm-hmm. it's kind of a rite of passage as a three D printer when you print your first Titan yes. I can see that yeah because. Th- there are multiple people in my group who have printed their own Titans. Yeah. And it's like, wow, that is not like, I don't want to spend that much rent. Like that's much time and resin. Heaven forbid it should fail on one part or something. Oh my God. But yeah, like there is a guy in my group who Mm -hmm. has not just a Titan has a mantle of Titans that he 3d printed. That's nuts. That's insane. Um, but like, the bits mm-hmm. like the oh here is and this so this is a moral question sure yeah okay one of gw's i wouldn't say tactics but one of mm-hmm. one of the realities of gw uh-huh. is we're gonna make this box of 10 dudes mm-hmm. 
And in this box of parts is one weapons option. That is... Thank you, Chaos Terminators. Yeah. That is that is the best option, mm-hmm. and we will... You know, you know what? I don't even think they main it to be the best option. It just happens to be the most versatile or whatever. Right, right. They, they were just like, oh, uh, a chain axe. You only need one of those. We'll just put that in there. Right. But then you want to equip all, all your... All of them. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. So where do you stand on the printing of copies of bits Mm -hmm. that you would buy, but because you don't want to buy 10 boxes of Skitari to get 10 arquebuses. So here's where I stand on it, to be really, really clear, okay? Um, When Games Workshop makes a kit... Uh, I think you should, this is a very luxury hobby. Mm -hmm. I think you should enjoy it. I think you should purchase that because it supports the store that you bought it from and it supports them as a general business and it gives us the models that we see today, right? Right. Um, But at the same time, if GW doesn't want to get their head out of their ass and give us like 12 different (laughs) guard kits to upgrade fucking Cadians that are almost 20 years old with. Oh no, they, they, this year is the 20th birthday of the Cadian guard kits. Then by all means, print your shit, (laughs) right? So, and and let me let me take the comedic part out of it. All right. Um, I, I think if you wanted to grab a third party, somebody created their own thing off of Pop Goes the Monkey or something you created yourself or whatever, and reprint it so that you have this option. And it's I mean, let's call it what it is. It's a counts as right. A chain axe right. is a chain axe is a chain axe, whatever the weapon may be. Um, where I draw the line though is when you duplicate the whole thing. Yeah. There, there it, was a. When when tournaments still happened, there was yes. a, a very publicized case of a guy who 3D printed a custodes army. There it is. That's the one I was going to bring up. Didn't, didn't even paint, paint it. it. Yes. So they're the same neon green of his printing spool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, and and as mm-hmm. I'm learning to 3D print, mm-hmm. the like the amount of headache that goes into it. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, s- sometimes it's just easier to paint the plastic or to buy the plastic or resin or, or whatever resin, it may yeah. be. Right. Um, so to mirror what you're talking about also at the Michigan GT a couple of years back, I played and I played my chaos space Marines mm-hmm. and I brought a forge world Charybdis. That's a $300 model. I love it. I've built it up. I've painted it. I've repainted it. Right. And on the table to my left was a guy who had made one for $15 and it looked like it might as well have been made out of Legos. Cause it was out of the filament printer and uh. he didn't but he played it and that was okay and to this day i still am super super fucking salty about that because it's it's your hobby do it the way you want to to a degree right but as soon as you start kind of coming and being like hey look what i can do for cheaper and i don't care what it looks like then it makes things look bad. I request for my events people to have painted models, not because I just want you to paint your models, but because it makes everything look better. And it also drives people to make them want to paint their models more often because it looks better. Right, right. It's we, kind of a self-fulfilling thing. And and as we all know, painted armies roll better. <laughs> Fuck yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I joke that uh, one of one of my uh, miniature friends is a painting machine. Yeah, I've got a couple of guys that are like that. I had do it <laughs> in the ten or so years mm-hmm. I've been playing with him. Once, yes, once has he painted painted with unpainted miniatures. Yeah, and yeah. I beat him, and yeah. I constantly tell him it's like 
just because they weren't painted. That's right. That's yeah. right. Um, and, and on that same note, like if you want to play an army, my thing is, is it's your hobby. Do it the way you want to. If you don't want to paint them right away, you don't have to. A lot of games that I play, my guys earn their paint job. <laughs> like <laughs> they got to do good in the game first for me. Cause I'll, I'll tell you right now, it's really deflating to take a lot of time and money and effort and really build and paint a unit and then the rules to be shitty. Yeah. Right? And so I don't want you guys to feel that way. But at the same time, I want you to respect the hobby the way it should be respected, which is this is a luxury hobby. We're going to spend the money to enjoy it. Let's make sure that we all spend the money to enjoy it. Right. Um, now, if that guy with the Charybdis did that so that he could try it out at home before he went and bought the real thing, 110%. You do that, man. That's a good idea. That is a dip your toe in the water before. Because I hate it when I see proxies of like a freaking soda bottle as a Titan or something. Yes, Justin, I'm making fun of you. Um <laughs> That was back when Apocalypse first came out, and you could bring any Titan to a game. Uh, but uh, so, so, so there's a. I love the fact that we have a as a hobby, mm-hmm. or well, I shouldn't say we, but GW as a hobby has yeah. kind of put their foot down. Like, hey, you should be using our miniatures, yeah. Unless you're an orc player. Yeah. In which case, if you're an orc player, anything goes. Do whatever the hell you want. Everybody is okay with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and to a degree, I'm super okay with that too, right? Um, the one thing that I've run into was a guy took um, wind-up tanks <laughs> and used them for orcs. Now, mind you, these weren't converted at the time, so that's really what bothered okay, me yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, you got um, it. It's like in order for the magic to work, there has to be a certain— You have to do the magic. You have to do the magic. Yeah. Uh, so no, but I, I agree with the orc thing, man. Uh, one of the things I still love to this day was somebody had a old B-52 bomber, like a model bomber. I've seen that. He built it badly and was super upset about it. So he decided to play orcs and he had an orc riding it like it was a horse. So it was like up on the neck. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Uh, um, at Adepticon, one of the big like theme battles they do. Oh, yes. It, it, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. He took like one of those green plastic army men C-130 yes. like cargo masters mm-hmm. and orked it. Yes, and he orked it good. Oh, yeah. You did not realize it was that unless you got real damn close on it. Or, or there, like, then there's part of it where it's a harbor and there's a submarine that yes. has orc choppers yes. on it. Oh, oh my. that was so cool. Oh, those were see, so good. And see, if you spend the time and you do the effort and you put in the money, that's where I think it's worth it. If you want to 3D print something and spend the time and the money and put in the effort to it and make it your own thing, that's cool. Mm-hmm. This copycat shit bothers me. Yeah. And, and I'll leave it at and that. And especially because there are, uh, like, oh, my God, Patreon. There yes, are so yes. many people, mm-hmm. artists, who are making 3D art yes. and putting it out there for not a lot for you and, to buy it. And, and on that same degree, I think that's kind of bullshit for them. They mm. should be a, some way, somehow, able to make more money from that. I know Patreon is like a monthly subscription in most cases. Mm-hmm. And, and I've actually got one that I go through, um, Reptilian Overlords, because he's got oh, a bunch okay. of cool yeah, bits. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, he's not on, He's I'm not backing him now, mm-hmm. but only because I'm backing like four other ones. Right, right. Um, And I'll be honest, I haven't even started printing, but I've paid him like three months or whatever because I think it's worth it. I think the quality that they put out is worth it. Um, I I just, I wish, um, I guess wish people would take the gaming element of it a little less extreme because Mm -hmm. then the hobby wouldn't suffer. That, that is a a really important distinction. And, and 
we see some places where that culture's coming. Um, yeah. The long war guys, yes, the, the tournaments they run are very hobby driven. They and, are now. Yeah. They weren't before. Oh, no, because some of those guys are like super hardcore competitive. Yeah, they are. Uh, but like you see that at the 40K friendly at Adepticon. Yes. Yeah. Um, where it, yeah. It's, it's more about the having fun aspect yeah. of it yeah. than just I am going to come to this with a raffle stomp list. Exactly. And you know what's funny is that I actually still have people to this day. And I'm, I'm perfectly fine answering this question too. Come up to me and be like, but how do you have fun? Like what's fun for you to somebody else, right? And I want everybody to, to think about this, right? Deep breath. It's okay to lose. Oh, yes. That's it. When these guys play these games and get super competitive because they're about to lose, and there are, and it's a trigger finger. It's literally what it is. I'm sorry. I'm not going to play against you. That's bad sportsmanship. That is an unsportsmanlike conduct, and it makes it unfun. And if you do that to a new person, it can taint them. Yeah. It, it, they're... X-Wing. Oh, yeah. There you go. Um, there you go. I will never forget my very first Adepticon, which I believe was 2017. Mm-hmm. I was not staying at the Con Hotel. Mm-hmm. I was staying at a Best Western or yeah. something. And I got down to the breakfast, the Continental Breakfast one morning, mm-hmm. and there's a table full of grown-ass men <laughs> bragging about how they destroyed a 12-year-old kid yeah, see, and that's- at... A tournament, and it's just like, Mm -mm. okay, you can win, Mm -hmm. but you don't need to win and be a dick about it. Yeah, yeah, and and even to that element too, if if you do have that happen, because sometimes the dice just roll that way. Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit of a better or skilled player. The dice rolled well. It is what it is. Then take them by the hand and show them what they what they could have done better, yeah. right? But but there was a long time where, where you just walk away and say, "Yeah, good job, buddy." Yeah, yeah. No, fuck, I hate yeah. that so yeah. much. There, there's there was a long time where toxic elements in the hobby. Put, yeah, I I didn't play for mostly yeah. fourth edition to seventh mm-hmm. because the competitive forty k scene was, was just toxic. And you know what? I saw that a lot when I used to go to Games Workshop Novi that was in West Oaks too. Mm-hmm. I saw that a lot and I remember one day turning to my good friend Andrew and I was like, you know, if I ever do my own store, I'm going to make sure that this never happens. To this day, if I ever catch anybody kind of bragging or really rubbing it in on someone, I tell them, you can never do this again and you can never come back. I will gladly not take your money to make sure that my community feels better about it. Right. Because to me, it is more important to have people that are all enjoying their time rather than one guy dick swinging, thinking because he can roll better dice. And and especially you, as you've spent... We've just talked about over 10 years yeah. building the community for playing in your store right. and and outside of the store. Yes. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. and and again, that's why I don't play X-Wing anymore, because <laughs> yeah. the community just got too yeah. toxic. Yeah. And, and I think that is actually, uh, unfortunately, what I will call a Magic the Gathering element, because in X-Wing, you don't have to build or paint the models. They're already done for you. Yeah. So it's just about the game. Oh, man. And, and it's know? just it's like. Every time new models come out, there's the list. Of course. And you go to a tournament and everybody's running Running the the list list. because it's the super competitive. Yeah, and and that's the element of the game. And we don't need it to be the element of the game. Remember, our hobby with a capital H is two-thirds hobby, one-third game. Well, well, I will say it's it's okay to be an 
element of the game, oh, but uh, you can't make it the soul of the you. game. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, yeah. I completely stand with you there. Yeah, um, yeah, and it, and it makes different events a lot more enjoyable. Like one of the things that I'm working on right now that's going to be for the store's one year anniversary is a big multi-team narrative game that oh, we're yeah. going to do over a couple of days, where you'll be on a four-person team like Adepticon, and then every table you play on is a different mission and a different narrative interaction. And that that's a lot of how the 30k community yes. does events. Yeah, but I'll throw I'll throw out this idea to uh-huh. you. You yeah. can have this. Uh-huh. Um, we have toyed around with the idea of the multi-tier event. Okay. It starts. Ooh. Okay. Go 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 go. Yeah. You play a game of Battlefleet Gothic. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then, depending on how the the events turn out, events yeah. turn out. Yeah. Then you go to a game of Titanicus. Nice. Okay. Or since they since Titanicus is only Imperial, you could maybe go to like Aeronauticus. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you're playing a game of Aeronauticus. Mm-hmm. And then depending on how that goes, then you go to 40k. Yes, yes. And then the final event, kill, kill team. team. Yeah, go in and assassinate the enemy general. Uh, yep. when, we, when we first had this idea, it was still when Inqui- Inquisitor was Ooh, out. So yeah. it was like the last game was going to be Inquisitor. Inquisitor. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I've done something similar to that at one of our Warhammer meets, but we didn't do uh, Gothic because there just wasn't enough people that even had it, you know? Oh, yeah. So we did uh, Drop Fleet Commander, which is why I carried in store. Nice. Because it's it's a pseudo port over and it works. Well, I remember, so. um, uh, what is it? Uh, the Penny Arcade guys. What's the convention they run? Oh, you're sorry. I'm not a convention guy myself. I've uh, and Michigan GT. So yeah, I'm sorry. So the guys, the the guys who run Penny Arcade, run like a video game convention. Oh, okay. And every year, one of the events they would have at their like the grand event. Yeah. Of their uh, their convention was this like nerd Iron Man game. Oh, cool. Where it was, they would pick four random games. Okay. And you oh, would... Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So, and then like you'd get to the final game and the final game might be a claw machine. Yes. <laughs> and it's like you have to get like a certain prize out of the claw machine and that's the skill challenge. Yeah. But then like it might be, oh, okay, we're going to play Missile Command. And mm-hmm. it's like you've got to play Missile Command. Yeah. And then another game might be Settlers of Catan. Nice. And it's this kind of weird tournament where you've mm-hmm. got to have a team and you've got to have the right skills yeah. to be ready yeah, for Yeah, you've got to be the Renaissance Man. The right? Renaissance yeah. Man. Yeah, that's awesome. That's super cool. I yeah. love stuff like that. Yeah, and th- that's the stuff I want to see more of. Whether it be RPGs to tabletop to painting contests to you name it. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we're kind of hitting about the hour mark. Okay. Mm-hmm. So is, um, give us, is there anything you want to shamelessly plug while you're here? Um, I mean, honestly, just the store, right? Yeah. Like, if you guys get a chance, if you want to come out and enjoy the community and stuff and support a small business, a small local business to a degree, um, I would say come out and please play some games with us. Play some games. Play some games. Um, we, I go above and beyond trying to make sure that everybody stays as safe as humanly possible. Like I said, I I spent a lot of freaking money on a disinfecting cart. Right. Um, uh, and and all of the tables are full six foot tables. They have power on them with extra storage to put stuff on the side so you're not interrupting your games, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I'm actually in the current processes of finishing up my lockers that'll be in the back room so when you come in for the day you can rent one out throw in your army go paint some models and when you got a game to play put your paints away and pull out your army i tell you what so, that, that is something i miss is the uh 
like going to a shop and painting with people. Yeah. Because yeah. like sometimes sometimes it's boring just sitting in your basement painting. And sometimes you run out of YouTube videos to watch. Uh. Uh, um, <laughs> side note. Yeah. There is a 24-hour MST3K channel on Twitch. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so, so a lot of my hobby time is spent at the bench Watching the MST3K I'm, channel on I'm Twitch. not surprised, yeah. Uh, but it, it you got to be careful because when you're trying to do, like, uh, edge highlighting or uh, eyes yep. and, like, the funny hits. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, right now, though, we've got the, the six uh, game tables. One of them set up as a kind of a pseudo-permanent hobby table just to keep mm-hmm. people separated. But I actually have three tables that I built to be the hobby tables that I can't even put out yet because they're you'd be within five feet of each other. Right, right. Um, so I've got, you know, the big old plexiglass dividers and stuff on there. But, um, yeah, it's Golden Rhino Games. We're right off the I-94 freeway uh, just south of Ipsy or in Ipsy Township. Um, and it's a nice location. And I'm hoping within the first three years that I'll be able to expand permanently into one of the locations next door and have a dedicated game and cafe area and then have the store. Nice. Um, and I will only be able to do that if you guys help me. That's that's it. <laughs> so come, please give me in your money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and get some good hobby stuff. Right, right. And and enjoy it too, yes. right? Yes. I have a lot of people that are always like, well, if I show up, will there be anybody to play a game? I'm like, only if you show up. Right. Like, you got to be here to enjoy it. So where can people find you out in the world? So obviously, uh, goldenrhinogames.com is my store's website. It's a total complete hot mess. I need to fix it. I know that. But you can find us mostly actually on Facebook or Instagram. Facebook, number one, I use the uh, business platform that they have to do and post to both. Mm-hmm. Um, but certain elements can only go to Facebook. Certain elements can only go to Instagram. So make sure you see both. Um, if you want to see events and activities, number one, be at the store. Right. Call the store. Come on in. Check it out. We're open Tuesday through Sunday now. Uh, Tuesday through Saturday, noon to eight. Sunday, noon to six. We're closed on Mondays currently. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the I also try to post the events and activities on uh, Golden Rhino Games Facebook page. But the big one, you ready for this? Make a phony baloney account. I don't care. Get on Facebook and join the All Tabletop Games yes. Are Awesome page. That is the page I started back in 2011 at the Highland Township Public Library and still runs to this day and has over a thousand people in it, all from Michigan. Yep. Join us. Show us your cool models. Ask to play a game. And just hang out. Yeah, and you, you can find me on there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can find us on the Old Nerds Drinking Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Come for the come for the podcast, stay for the memes. That's right. Uh, yes. And oldnerdsdrinking at gmail.com. Yes. And with that... End of line. Over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Forget it, he's rolling. It ain't over now. So, what's the plan? Take on, go to Mum's, kill Phil. Sorry. Grab Liz, go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pint, and wait for all this to blow over. Might as well write him off. Let's close up the bridge. Let's get out of here. Close it up, lights out. Where are you headed, cowboy? Nowhere special. Nowhere special. I always wanted to go there.
We're good, streaky! Yeah. All right, move on. Nothing to see here. Please disperse. Nothing to see here. Please.